you've been bombarded with a lot of things out there uh, on Facebook and such, if you're doing any social media, everybody has a take on what's going on, whether it's crazy, whether it makes some sense or whatever. Uh, we're seeing an unprecedented struggle with people inside and outside. People of faith even are, God, where are you in all this? But I want us just to concentrate and talk about Jesus today and what he can do for you and for me. What did Jesus say about spirituality and religion? Is there a difference? What did he say about knowing God, believing God, and following God? That's really the key for us is to know God, to believe God, and to follow God throughout our life. So today we're going to look at some things that Jesus said about who he is and what he came to do. I know and Christianity is an exclusive religion because Jesus himself said, I am the door or the gate. We come to the Heavenly Father through him. But Christianity is also inclusive, not just exclusive, because Jesus welcomes all who will come to him. As Peter reminds us in 2 Peter of these words in chapter 3, verse 9, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but he is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So let's look at the I am today found in John chapter 10, verse 9. Simply said, Jesus says, I am the door. These words to me drive at the heart of what Jesus is is his message here, and there are three key points I want us to grab this morning. And, and first of all, simply this, is that Jesus came to bring us to God. Jesus came to bring us back to God. When he says, I am the door, Jesus came to the earth proclaiming he alone is the way to heaven. You may wonder about those things now. You may wonder about, okay, God, what is, what is in store now and ahead of me? He didn't merely come to teach us a way he said, I am the way, and we'll get to that one a little later in the I am's. He merely didn't come to teach us the truth. He said, I am the truth. He didn't come just to tell us about life, or he says, I am the life. He gives us life because of that, because he says, no one comes to the Father except through me. And you'll find that in John chapter 14, about verse 6, I think. Jesus came to bring us to God because we couldn't find God on our own. It's a universal dilemma. Humankind has been struggling to find and to fill that gap between the Creator and ourselves. That gap caused by our own self-destructive sin that separated us from God. God didn't create the distance. We created it on our own by our choices. Willingness and boundless determination, we have chosen to take our own path instead of His path for us. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is one of my life verses, one of my favorites. It simply says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths, or he will make your path straight, as this translation says. Each of us have felt that distance from God sometimes in our lives. We know what it's like to be separated from God, just like we know what it's like to be separated from our families and our friends and our loved ones during this time of social distancing, as we call it. But tragically, some of you have never known anything different than to be separated from God. You spent your whole life alienated from God who loves you. You've never experienced a relationship with him, and you've never felt like you were worthy enough for him to hear your prayers. But he did hear you. He will hear you. You've never had any reason to believe that God is on your side. But I want you to know that Jesus came for you. He came into this world for you. If you'd been the only one that had ever sinned, he still would have come. And died on the cross just for you. There's a gap between you and God and Jesus came to bridge that gap. 
As the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, these words in Ephesians 2.13, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once well were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. And Jesus himself says to us, as Luke records in 19.10, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. We were lost. Jesus came to save us. We were far away, and he came to bring us near. Jesus came to the world to bring people to God, and he came to the world to bring you to God. Here's the second thing I want you to notice in this verse. Jesus says, I am the door, but he also says, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved. By me, a personal relationship. As Jesus invites you personally into his life, into your life, invite him. By me, that personal relationship, it's not about church membership. You know, around the third century, there developed a, a heresy within the church that basically said there's no salvation outside the church. Uh, in other words, you have to be a recognized church member in order to be saved. Uh, it became not so much a matter of the heart anymore as being at the right place at the right time, merely having your paperwork in order. But, but I want you to know, to know, folks, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says it's a relationship with Jesus Christ. For by grace are we saved through faith. It's a gift of God. And we cannot boast about that. But many today had the same attitude. I'm a Christian because I was baptized the right way. I'm a Christian because I'm a member of the only true church. I'm a Christian because I was confirmed by someone around the age of 12. I'm a, I was a Christian because I was baptized as an infant. I'm a Christian because I filled out a card during a revival service and walked an aisle and said, Jesus, save me. On and on, there are many. Folks, being a Christian is not about paperwork. It's not about having your name on some book here on this earth. Your name needs to be in the Lamb's book of life. And that happens when you ask Jesus Christ into your heart as your Lord and Savior. It's that personal relationship with Jesus. You and him, one-on-one. John later says in chapter 14 of the Gospel of John, Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. It's about knowing Jesus. You know, if I've been listening to a lot of old music, uh, like many of you, doing movies, music, all those kind of things, little nostalgia going on, I think, as we go through old pictures. Uh, and I remember Myron Lefebvre, who grew up in a famous gospel family, he grew up in church, going to church every night of the week, singing from about five years old, playing and talking about Jesus. At age 17, he wrote uh, one of the great gospel classic hymns, Without Him. Uh, and he sang it on the stage. I think it was the Southern Gospel Conference or something, a quartet conference. And Elvis was in the crowd, believe it or not. Elvis Presley, yes. And he heard Myron sing that song, and he sent Colonel Parker to go to him and said, I, I need to talk to that guy. And at the age of 17, as he wrote that classic, he came home from the Army making 90, I think, 84 bucks a month uh, and sang that with his parents on the stage. Uh, well, Elvis took that song and put it on his gospel album, and many others recorded it since. And that, that one song that took him 20 minutes to write made him over $90,000. So he became a very rich young man from 84 bucks a month in the service to 90000 bucks, so he could buy his Corvette and his speedboats and stuff. Well, the sad thing was at 819, Myron recorded a rock and roll album, which was considered one of the first Christian rock albums. Uh, on stage, he preached about Jesus, but backstage, he lived that lifestyle of a rock and roll star. 
He went on for a number of years until he finally reached the end of his ropes, drugs and issues in his life. He just couldn't handle anymore. He called out to Jesus at a second chapter of Acts concert um, when he said, Jesus saved me when they offered an invitation and he accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior. It's about a relationship. And here's what he said the next day to his friend. He said, I've been singing about Jesus all my life, but last night I met him for the first time. He exchanged a religion for a relationship, and that's my prayer for you. It's, that's what following Jesus is about. It's about a personal relationship that Jesus seeks with each and every one of us. And we must learn to, to make that distinction from knowing about Jesus to knowing him personally. Now, I think of it like this. Think of someone you love. Your wife, your husband, your kids, your father, your mother, your best friend. You just pick somebody. Okay? Someone with whom you have a dynamic relationship. Now, think for a moment with me. You know how tall they are roughly. You know the color of their eyes. You know their quirks. You know their, their, their favorite music, their favorite foods. You, you, you know and listen to them and all those kinds of information about them. But that is not the core of your relationship with them. The core is that you spend time with this person. You communicate with this person. You think of this person even when you're not around them. You know the color of their eyes, but you also know how those eyes are often filled with tenderness and compassion and laughter and joy. And how the cares you love, how much you love that person, it makes you love them even more because they're special. That's that personal relationship. That's what Jesus wants with you. So how does this happen? How do I have that relationship with Jesus? You spend time with him. You talk to him. You listen to him. John 10, 27 says, Jesus speaking says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. So what do you think the number one priority in the Christian life is? Being good? Being doctrinally sound? Knowing a long list of facts about the Bible? Going to church every Sunday that the doors are open? None of those are the top priority, honestly. All those are good in their way. I like what the Apostle Paul said to the church at Philippi in Philippians, chapter 3, verses 8 through 11. And I really like the way the New Living Testament translates it. I think it, it catches what is really going on here in the Greek. So listen to these words. Yes, Paul's writing here, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, that I may gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count my own righteousness through obeying the law, but rather I become righteous through the faith in Jesus Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that in one way or another, I will experience the resurrection of the dead. Do you really want to know Christ and to make him known? That's what he's saying here. How bad do you want to know Jesus Christ? Get to know Jesus. Some of you have never taken that step. And today you can begin that journey by asking Christ to, to save you, to forgive you of your sins, to come into your heart, to guide your life, to become the Lord of your life. 
Some of you took that step a long time ago, but you stopped after a few steps. Your journey didn't get very far. Today, you can continue that journey again. Living the Christian life is about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And it's loving your neighbor as yourself. Those are the two things that Jesus tells us to do. If we do those, the rest of it falls into place. Jesus invites you to know him intimately. He invites you to come to him in a way that says, let's be besties. That leads to the final part of this I want to share this morning. Following Jesus is a day-to-day experience. It's just not knowing him, it's following him as well. Now, notice mid-sentence here in verse 9 that Jesus changes the metaphor. He says, I'm the door, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And then he says, and we'll go in and out and find pastures. Now, when he says go in and out, he's not talking about going in and out of a relationship with him. Not being lost and saved and lost and saved and lost and saved. He's not talking about that. He's talking about the process of discipleship. He's talking about the interaction with him and with your interaction with the world. So when I interact with you, Jesus, how does that affect how I interact with those out there? Going in, you spend time with him. You spend time in worship and prayer and Bible study, meditation, fellowship with one another as Christians. You hang out and you get close and you understand. But you don't just set. The Bible says here, he will go in go out and find pasture. So as we go out, that's spending time in the world serving Jesus, telling others about him, time in the trenches, if you please. Right now, we don't get to go out as much, right? Social media is about the only way many people communicate. So soon, in our state, we're going to be opening up tomorrow. Uh, You enter a workplace, you can go, wear masks, we'll socially distance, we'll do all those kind of things to keep others safe. So someday, when you go back to work, when you set foot on a campus, when you're going out, when you're spending evening with friends. Those are things you do when you go out. This is your opportunity to minister in the name of Jesus. Have you been praying for the missionaries that are still telling others about Jesus around our world? Have you been praying for those mission teams that aren't able to go right now, that had plans to go help missionaries but can no longer fly, can no longer get there because of the shutdown? Have you even thought about those things? Have you asked God to open up pathways that people will hear about him and understand him in ways that we may not have known before? This is your opportunity to minister in the name of Jesus. But you will not have the power to go out into the world unless you have first received the power of Jesus by spending time with him. You can't give something away you don't possess. You can't share with others something you don't have. Following Jesus is a day-to-day process of coming in, receiving him, being ministered to by him, being filled with his spirit, being anointed with his power, hearing his voice. And the process continues as we go out, showing our compassion to the world, showing that Jesus loves them, showing that mercy to those that have never received mercy, showing love to the unlovable, speaking the truth to a world who doesn't believe in truth, demonstrating what it means to follow Jesus to those who are desperate to find some meaning and purpose in life. We go in, we go out. We go in and go out. But notice the next phrase, and find pastures. Now, sheep were grazing in the open fields under the watchful eye of their faithful shepherd. 
feeding themselves to their heart's content. Now, that's the way Jesus is describing the Christian life. And I thought to myself, okay, Glenn, that, I get that picture, but wait a minute. That's not how I feel right now. What about my problems? What, what about temptations? What about the spiritual warfare? What about the COVID-19? What about all the things that the ills of society? Jesus never ignored the unpleasant realities of life. But he is telling us, in spite of all those things, we can find peace and pasture in him. The peace that passes understanding. We can find a relationship with Jesus. We'll make it like a picnic in the spring afternoon, even in the midst of turmoil. That's why John in chapter 16 writes these words. As Jesus says, I have said these things to you, that you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And Jesus also reminds us, as Matthew records, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Following Jesus is a day-to-day process. You know, when I read that passage about the yoke and stuff, I'm reminded, in the Greek, it's, those are handmade for the oxen exactly to their size and shape. God takes care of our burdens the way we can handle them. You may think, I don't know if I can take any more. God knows you can and you can't. He will watch over you. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. You will find pasture with Jesus. Yes, we'll have problems, troubles, tribulations, battles, failures, setbacks, defeats, persecutions, oppositions, betrayals, disappointments. The circumstances of our life may be full of turmoil. But the substance of our life can be marked by peace, joy, and contentment. It's like feeding our heart in the contentment of sheep in a green pasture. As a Christian, we are to proclaim the gospel. Not according to a religion or a church or a denomination, but according to Jesus Christ. It's not about church membership. It's not about religious rituals. It's not about trying to follow a long list of do's and don'ts. It's about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's about knowing him and then making him known to the world. Jesus says, I am the door. He's already done all that it takes for you to get right with God. You know the story. Jesus died on the cross. And on the third day, he was raised from the dead. Well, while he was on the cross, he paid the price for the sins of the entire world, the past sins, the present sins, and the future sins. Once and for all. He bought our forgiveness, our freedom, our pardon. Jesus Christ and Christ alone is where we must place our trust. Today, if you want to be a Christian, you can begin this new life in him. For he invites you to know him personally. And you do that by asking him into your life. And you can do that right where you are literally around the world today. And he wants it to be a day-to-day thing. Not just a religion you look to from time to time, but a day-to-day relationship. A relationship where you can find that pasture of satisfaction and peace and fulfillment and contentment. Then he closes out that when he says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. Then look at verse 10. The thief comes to only to steal, kill, and destroy. We fight the thief every day, evil. But Jesus said, I come, or I came, that they may have life 
and have it abundantly or to the full or overflowing beyond our wildest imagination, completely satisfied with what that means in the Greek word here. It's the ultimate relationship, a relationship with Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. My friends, if you have questions more about that, check out our website. You can find all the information there, how to get in contact with us. Now, as we conclude, will you bow your heads with me as we pray? Lord Jesus, we are excited because you love us, because you're still in charge, because you are the door, because you died for us and you give us hope. Lord, we live in a hopeless day right now. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know how long this virus will be around bothering us and, and causing disruption in our lives, but we do know this. You are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Lord, I pray for those don't have peace and understanding in days like today. I pray for those that don't know you as a personal Lord and Savior. May this be the day they say, Jesus, come into my heart. Save me. Forgive me of my sin. Help me to follow you and to be what you want me to be. I choose to let you be the boss of my life, Jesus. Guide me. Lord, it's about faith in you. Now bless us. Bless our churches throughout our country and around the world that are proclaiming the gospel today. May your kingdom grow, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to remind you one thing of the talking points, if you did went with this earlier. Uh, we're going to continue to meet on Facebook every week uh, at 10 a.m. Our services will be at 10 a.m. We may do this all through the summer. We'll see. Parking lot, if you're here at church, is FM 100.1, if you'd like to come listen in. Uh, we're going to open up our church building in stages. At this time, we're still closed to the public. Worship is at 10 o'clock live. Uh, on Facebook Live or out in the parking lot. Next Sunday's Mother's Day, and we're going to try something a little different. We're going to try to worship outside. We have a trailer that we're going to try to set up on, and, and you can at least see and hear uh, the singers and me from outside. We will still be doing Facebook Live. Somebody asked me that earlier. Yes, we'll still be doing Facebook Live, even at the same time. Uh, social distancing will take place if you want to sit on the ground or sit in um, camping chairs or whatever you want to bring, picnic-type stuff that with your family only six foot away from every other family our building is closed so you can't come into the bathroom you can't run in to get a drink it's just like it is right now then on the 17th of may we're going to try a soft opening and you'll be hearing more about that and uh, how that will look uh, you may not get your pew because we're going to be doing every other pew so if you're used to one spot in this uh, sanctuary guess what you may be checking some others out uh, you know i know how it works been a Baptist most all my life, so trust me, and I'm sure that other churches do the same thing. But we'll have it taped off at six-foot section so you'll be safe. We'll also be either be using our Northwest Room or our Fellowship Hall as overflow. And when those are full and there's people there, then the rest of you get to sit outside and listen. It is what it is. And I, we are blessed that God is at least giving us this opportunity to hear this gospel through the Internet, through Facebook and these others. These things that many of us thought, why do we have this mess? They're always interfering with our lives. They're proclaiming the gospel. Do you think God had a plan in all that? I do. Check out the website. Look for all the things there at, at fbctarkio.com. Uh, there's some uh, bulletins for today. Uh, there are kids' bulletins on there with games and things. Uh, you can do that teaching things if you want to have your kids still kind of learn about the Bible. There's some Bible studies there for adults as well if you want to keep up with Bible study. Um, so check all that out. You got any questions? You can email us. You can text us. It's all the information's there. Hey, till next week. May God bless you. May you walk with Him. Let Jesus be the door to your life. 
Thank you, guys.